And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi for Me Radio is live from the bunker. Blast from the past. The theme to chilling with pineapple. I don't have pineapple. I do have coffee. We are all set for our last show of the week. Welcome, everyone. Jason Hunt here, live from the bunker. We are at the super secret underground bunker at World Headquarters. And I do want to thank you all for being here. Mrs. Boss plying away, digging out the, the information for the, the convention updates that we'll be doing later on today. It is noon central in about six and a half hours. We should have another, maybe another update today. Today is Thursday. We'll have another update probably. We'll see. Working on some do- different things here. Uh, and on that note, I want to I want to take the opportunity for just a second here to thank Mindy for her help in in all of this stuff because this is one of those this is one of those labors of love this uh, this project here this this website this magazine this all of this is uh, is something that I've just kind of been doing uh, without any real expectation of success or revenue or anything like that. We we here, everybody on staff, we do this because we enjoy doing this. This is something we like talking about as far as genre goes, science fiction, fantasy, horror, comic books, video games. It's all it's all of a piece. And we enjoy the opportunity to share our thoughts with you and hear what you're thinking uh, when you share your thoughts with us. We enjoy the byplay and the back and forth and the comments and the threads. Uh, those of you in the live chat, Robert, Era, welcome. Uh, we do thank you for being here. And as this show solidifies in its time slot, uh, the numbers, the viewing numbers, look pretty good. Uh, we've we've got uh, a fairly decent track record right now to to take a look. Some solid performance on these episodes and these discussions that we've been having. Some of them are performing better than I expected, some of them not so much, but as people find this show and keep coming back to this show, we do have a number of regulars, and we do appreciate you being here. So I just wanted to take a, a couple of minutes to, uh, one, acknowledge the help that Mrs. Boss uh, gives, gives to this uh, pretty much on a daily basis, not just in terms of the work that she's doing with research and and the con- on the convention and events side of things, but just being here as a partner and a and a a cheerleader and somebody who sits there and says, "Yeah, we can do this," and she she dove in at, right at the beginning uh, uh, with the Worldcon stuff, and she hasn't looked back. She's she's only been. Uh, exploring more depths of the pool after she jumped in with both feet. So uh, hopefully at some point she's not going to get uh, 
tired of doing it. It's like, when are we going to start making money? <laughs> of course, I've already been asking that. When are we going to start making money? No, no, that's 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 a side issue. We we enjoy doing this. There are days it's tougher than others, uh, understandably, because you know every job, every hobby has its good days and bad days, ups and downs, and that is the nature of the work. Uh, whatever the work is, and uh, especially in this time, you know, hopefully we're giving you something of value that you can appreciate and you can enjoy and maybe share with others. So uh, speaking of, uh, we do appreciate shares. Uh, if you want to share the link to these shows, uh, if you want to give us a thumbs up, uh, if you are watching or listening in the replay mode, we do appreciate comments uh, that you can give with us. Of course, we've got the live chat open during the live broadcast, so your comments are welcome as well. And if you want to support us financially, we do have the PayPal tip jar. We've got the uh, Subscribestar account where you can uh, support us that way. And of course, if you want to save a little money, we have the discount code over at SuperheroStuff.com. Promo code SCIFI for me 10 will get you 10% off your order. Uh, a couple of a couple of real quick small bits. It's uh, we are at the end of the week. We do have uh, we do have a few more shows coming this weekend. Uh, Friday night we've got the Ranker Pit, which is our Star Wars discussion show, and uh, Saturday morning we've got Good Morning Multiverse, which is going to have a wrap up of all of the week's headlines in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. That's at nine o'clock a.m. Central Time, and. Uh, just want to make a note that we dropped earlier this week, episode 97 of our Star Wars news program, Salacious Crumbs. So you want to check that out. And of course, uh, t tonight, not tonight, Friday night, Friday night, we have the Ranker Pit, which is our discussion program of all things Star Wars. So we do invite you to take all of that uh, into account and uh, try those out. Robert, the PayPal link, uh, it is in our show notes, I do believe. Let me double check and make sure because it should be there. Um, do, 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 do. Yes, uh, under tip jar, there's a tip jar there. And then also in the banner across the top of our channel, uh, there should be a link there as well. I guess I should be better about communicating the location of those links when I, when I mention them. It's, it's a challenge for me to sit there and ask anybody to give us money. I'm, I have to make myself uh, remember to do it every now and again because it's it's not it's not my normal thing um, to pitch that. So uh, so I'll get into a better habit of that. Uh, coming up on the program today, we're going to take a real quick break, and then we come back with a conversation with Rhonda Udaly. She is an author out of Texas, and uh, we ended up having to pre-record this conversation because of a couple of schedule issues. So uh, so when we come back, uh, we will be in playback, but I'll still be monitoring the live chat. Your comments uh, will still be there. Uh, they just won't be visible in the screen like we've been doing for a while. So when we get back... Rhonda U. Daly, live from the bunker. Stand by. 
It's a real pleasure for me as a longtime fan to be sitting here with Aaron Gray. Here with Larry Hama. We're talking with Kevin J. Anderson, best-selling author. Mr. Neil Adams. I'm here with David Britt. Axel Alonso, editor Fan Days and at Dallas Comic Con. With uh, John Delancey. With Tom King. Kevin Conroy. Denise Crosby. Tom Con. This is Sci-Fi for Me, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Bunker here, Jason Hunt, and uh, we have a guest, uh, as we've been talking all week, Rhonda Udaly is rounding out the week with us, hello. Hello. So, how are things, you're in the Dallas area, right? We are in the Dallas, yes, I am in the Dallas area, I'm in Arlington, across from all the stadiums and stuff, it's been very bizarre not having a whole lot of traffic and a whole lot of chaos across the highway my, my sister but is a nurse in fort worth i can i can sympathize I, yeah yeah it's been one of those things now you have we were talking before before we came back you have an essential role uh in yes. your day job because a lot of a lot of the creative types that we talk to not all of them are doing the creative 100% all the time. You actually have right. something during the day that keeps you occupied. Is that... I do. That's keep That's been keeping you busy through all of this, yeah? Yeah, I'm a communications person for local government, so I have been... I have been all COVID all the time for a, a goodly while now. So it's, it's great to be able to talk about other stuff than... COVID, <laughs> at least for a little bit. Well, and the, and the funny part is that, you know, even even with all of this, you know, with all of the Comic-Cons that are changing, it's, it's, it's still part of the conversation that a lot of people are having because you see all of the layoffs and the, and, the, and the comic book shops that are shutting down and the conventions that are canceling and everybody's, everybody's schedule is all wonky. Uh, now, one thing that, that you had talked about uh, I believe maybe a, a starting about a year, year and a half ago, mm-hmm. you were talking about how some of the smaller conventions were getting bigger enough that it was, you know, the, the booth space was starting to get a little expensive and it started to, you know, the cost of doing business was starting to go up. And now that you've got this pandemic event compounding everything. Let me ask you this, because you've done a lot of smaller shows. Yeah. Do, does it feel like maybe the, the smaller shows will come back sooner than the bigger shows? Because, you know, New York Comic Con just canceled. They're going virtual. San Diego went virtual a few weeks ago. 
Worldcon went virtual. All these all these different events are trying the online scheme to mixed results. Um, but some of the smaller ones, Alabama, Florida, Mississippi, uh, Georgia, we're starting to see some some littler events do their best. They're making the attempt. They're actually going ahead with some of their shows with the social distancing and the mask and, and the, the precautions in place. Do you think they're going to have an easier time of it recovering from this? Um, I don't know. Um, it, it depends on how good they are business-wise because um, if they can keep their head above water financially, then yes, I believe they will because they can do a smaller event and get better or, or recover faster. However, if they've gotten sideways on their hotel contract or they just did bad financial planning, no, they're dead. Um, I actually work with a fan run convention, more literary, and we had all the conversations, the same conversations, and it it all came down to um, hotel contracts and how those were all going to play out if we could move them over or whatever, because it was if if they have to cancel and still pay, no, there's no there's no recovering from that. If they can just shift everything over contractually. Um, I think they will come back and come back quicker because they will have a lot less overhead. And um, I, I find that there's uh, certain fans that like the more intimate experience of a smaller con or a literary con where you can go and you can sit down and you can talk to people without feeling like you're rushed through that um, will be of a bigger draw, the more, I can sit down and talk to my friends kind of thing. Right. I think that's what's going in the favor of the smaller conventions. It's just whether or not financially they were able, they're able to recover. Um, and honestly, financially, that's going to be a little bit of the, the uh, bigger cons too, depending on how overextended they got. Do you think some of the, the vendors, the artists, the, the authors, people who are going to buy the booths, how many, are, are you getting a sense just from the people that you're talking to, how many of them are ready to get back in? Let's go. Let's let's get back to normal. Or are we taking a wait and see attitude, some of the people that you've been talking to? All my artist friends are doing a, a wait and see. Um, when we had to, some, I'm co-chair of my, co of my, my fan run convention. And it literally hurt my heart when I had to send out the email that said we are postponing until next year. But to a person, every vendor that we talked to, every artist was like, no, you made the right decision. We wouldn't have felt comfortable coming. Yes. It's a huge financial hit for artists and writers and vendors, but they're all looking at it as I'd rather, I'd rather be here next year and not get sick and die potentially than I must keep my income stream afloat. There is both of that. Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. It's like, it's really hard to sell books when I can't get out and talk in front and talk to people. But again, I would not have felt comfortable going and doing a show yeah. this, well, you know, and, at all this year. And as we've, we've seen some people pointed out in various different Facebook groups and discussion boards and stuff, 
for some people who have the day job and and mm-hmm. you know they do the, they do the books when they can or as they're able or or whatever mm-hmm. having having the day job you've got a little bit of cushion but for those people that are doing this full time this is going to hurt and oh, and yeah. the recovery on it you know and i've seen people you know boosting on uh, on Facebook and on Twitter, and you know, I'm available for commissions and that kind of thing, and that seems to be helping a little bit. But I can't imagine mm-hmm. that that's enough. Now, well, it, it depends on one how much they can get for commissions, or you know, um, I have I have friends in Colorado who have a convention artist guild, and they have been pooling their resources for that kind of thing. They just did like a, an online Facebook auction to do some of that. I hear some of, like you said, some of the bigger conventions doing the virtual thing, having a virtual art show or virtual vendors rooms where you can go and sell your stuff through links and stuff. So it's at least people are trying to come up with ways to make this work both uh, financially and health wise, but it's, it's tough. And I know a lot of like writer friends and me included it's been really hard to create in the last five months. Um, I know I had a couple of two, three months where it's just like, nope, words aren't happening. It's just, there's, there's too many other things in the brain. I've taken some care to step away from the news and step away from my day job as much as possible in the evenings and watch stupid stuff on television <laughs> just to, to get a break from it. Yeah. And part of that is also this room where I can basically close doors and not see the workspace from the rest of the house. So I can actually have a physical barrier between the stuff that clutters up my head during the day and hopefully, you know, getting some of that creative back in other parts of the house. So, well, now, and it does look like you've been able to get some things done. I'm looking here at mm-hmm. your at your website. I'm seeing a pen and pencil review. I'm seeing some smaller samples of writing. This is rondaudaily.com. Uh, a creature feature in present day. And it looks like you're taking writing prompts. Are you giving yourself writing prompts and some no, different it- words? Or where are those coming from? Okay, I'm glad you asked that because I have that sitting right here. There is um, a journal company called Piccadilly who puts out blank books and uh, creative prompts. And they had a couple years ago, and they still have it out, this this journal called Write the Story. And what it is is a writing prompt. I'll show you a page that's, you know, where, where things are. It's a basically a title and a bunch of words and a, and a blank page, and you use those words with that story. And the last one, I, I started this about three years ago, and eventually, once I finished the journal, I'm, you know, getting getting close. It, it of course didn't go to plan because originally it was supposed to be I was going to do one of these a day, and I'm I'm doing good to get one a week. But I've been posting them on Fridays online for free, and it's uh, just a writing exercise. Some days, some weeks are better than others. Now, are you? Um, but are it is you setting yourself that, a, a particular word count to hit or uh, is that just whatever it ends up being it's what fits whatever fits on a page which is 200 to 250 words depending on um how big or small i'm writing that day and i type them up i post them on fridays for uh for free so people can read them um it's also like just an exercise it's like it's ronda free writing so if you want to see like what it looks like 
you know, you see the books that are all edited and professional and all that. But if you just want to see some, see how a writer goes about being, here's a bunch of words. I threw something together. Some, like I said, some, some weeks are much better than others. Other, you know, others are a struggle. <clears throat> and you can definitely see that in the last few months where there have been struggly days. Um, well, I don't know. A platypus in a bikini is is a platypus in a bikini, right? Doesn't and, doesn't and, sound like you're having having to stretch very much, but well, and it's one of those <laughs> things. It's like sometimes you can look at the the words in the prompt and go, I see where they were planning, where where they thought most people would go with this. How can I make it different? Yeah, like I don't think there's a whole lot of people that write stories about platypuses in bikinis, <laughs> platypi, whatever. Um, <laughs> but you know. I have, I've always been a Phineas and Ferb fan. So, you know, if I get a chance to put a platypus in a bikini, I'm going to do it. Uh, the creature feature one that you brought up, which was last week's, um, I have a good friend who's a, a fellow writer. He's a, a Robert, Robert E. Howard scholar and um, his wife is sick and they're dealing with a lot of stuff, but he's always been the creature feature Godzilla monster king kong guy so when the creature feature story came up i basically did a, a story about a date of him and his wife going to a going to a, a movie and having a little twist on that one so it was fun and it was something i could do for them for for giggles now, so hopefully they enjoyed it using using this as exercise as as mm -hmm. you do uh, are you finding any of the pieces that you've done, any of the short ones, are they uh, lending themselves for expansion into longer stories, bigger stories, fuller stories, more things happening? Or maybe you can thread one or two or three of them together? Or? Um, we're going to see. There are some that I definitely want to go back and revisit. Um, I'm probably going to self-publish these as a collection when it's over, and then I'll go back and polish them up and find the ones that need to be longer because there's definitely a few that right now I couldn't tell you which ones, but I would, I do want to go back and do, but what it does is help jumpstart on some of the other projects, the, the novel work that has been kind of stagnating uh, some different short stories. It, it just, it just helps to keep the muscle memory going on. I, I am creative. I can be creative and, by golly, I will I will be creative when this pandemic is over. Darn it! But it is something that just keeps me motivated to keep going, even in the the hardest earlier in the pandemic when we were all stuck at home and stuff. My brain would not work on the other stuff, but I could I made myself do these exercises for the blog because I had made this kind of commitment to do these Friday stories and. I was going to keep up with it. And it, you know, even that little bit of a deadline has, has been a big help. Now you mentioned the other stuff. Uh, I imagine stuff. you've got, you've got novels and you've got other short story collections that are in the works. What are you working on? In now? the works. Yeah. Um, well, when we, when we first met, um, I am still part of the four redheads of the apocalypse. I actually pulled some stuff Four redheads of the apocalypse. <laughs> Uh, we are starting to work on the fifth one, and that one's been a real challenge to uh, to write because I write the death character and death and 
pandemic mm. don't really lend itself to these are humor and there was nothing funny right. for a few mm. months. Um, I am actually working on a mystery novel because it was something that I had started way back when and just started looking through old partial projects, trying to figure out something to do. And that one, as I was reading through it going, Hey, this is actually pretty good. I should probably finish it. So working on that. But of course it was written, written pre a lot of technology. So it's a, it's a whole total rewrite. I am actually in editing for, I have a, a novel that should be out by the end of the year. That is rock and roll time travel. And that'll be out by Zumaya, uh, Zumaya Books. We've gone through the first round of edits. We've got to go through the second round. But um, that got a little delayed with all the pandemic because brain. No, no, it's, it feels like a zombie apocalypse because none of us have had a brain for like five months. And, uh, and then there's some short story snippets that have, that have made themselves known lately that it's like things that I've seen off of Facebook and stuff that it's like, some, there was, there's somebody, one of my, my friends in Colorado said something about a pigeon and it's like, ooh, the low, in, you know, the, when you can't afford to train a dragon, you can start with a pigeon, how to train your pigeon. <laughs> so there's something working there. I got to get, get some more words down on that. But, you know, the fact that I could actually start thinking in terms of new short stories and wanting to work on novels again is a huge plus these days. Well, and it seems like uh, you kind of have fun uh, juxtaposing words that don't necessarily go together well, like platypus and bikini, uh, right. you know, how to train your pigeon, the astronaut stole my Sharpie. You know, the, the are these just random, random word exercises for some of these um, titles and ideas or things? You, a, everything comes a to couple, you. A couple. Um, the, the astronaut stole my Sharpie which is a collection of, of reprints that I put together is actually, it was a throwaway line um, based on a true story, actually. Um, I used to do some work in music and I would always have Sharpies and stuff because I did hospitality and invariably the bands would not have them. They would grab one from me and the next thing I know they'd go on tour without me. And I had uh, one musician who actually sent me a box of Sharpies because he got to his next thing, opened up his cash box and went, oh, crap, the Sharpie. And fast forward many, many years to to a convention where I was also doing guest relations and we actually had an astronaut come and he brought pictures and he's like, oh, man, I don't have anything to sign these pictures with. Being prepared and the good hospitality person I was, I handed him a couple of Sharpies. He put them in the, the pocket of his flights, blue flight suit, and I never saw them again. And um, so I'm telling the story at, at the end of the convention, and one of the, the contrasts was like, that's a story. You need to write it. I need it for the program book next year. <clears throat> so I wrote that story, and about mm, maybe 100 people saw it because it was in that program book. But I showed it to that astronaut um, 
names have been changed to protect the innocent and the not so innocent. Of course. And dedicated this book to him. And the next thing I know, there's a a package that comes to my house with Sharpies in it from the astronaut. (laughs) So weird things happen. You say something and weird things happen. And sometimes they turn into short stories or novels or other random pieces of writing. Now I noticed I noticed the the fourth book there in uh, in Redheads has a different wraparound a different cover. You've got several you know, you've yes. got one one white and the rest of them are black. Is that is there a a particular reason for that? Is just it just worked out that way oh, this time? The Wrath of Satan one. No, wait, which one? Oh yeah yeah. Well, this was the first one, and okay. we finally did it perfect bound. So the first one was a chat book. And it was saddle bound originally, and then we all went to Amazon, and they were able to do a nice one. But it was, yeah, it was white. And then we went to when we did the braided novels, they went to more this format. It's something that I had noticed uh, a lot of people commenting on when you have a, a series of collections of graphic novels, mm-hmm. and you know the 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 OCD people are looking, and the the spines are all the same until they change. And why did they change? And there's, you know, there's that thing. So I was just noticing the difference there. Yeah. Well, fortunately it, the first one is the one that's different and the rest of them are all the same. So those, and we actually got a nice boost when we went from the regular chat book, which was stapled and just paper uh, to the, the color and the perfect bound that people went and went, Oh, my whole collection needs to be perfect bound. I need to buy that again. So we did have a little bit of that. So that's always fun. So the first one's available in the in the new cover as well. Yes, you get new artwork and everything. Okay. Yeah. Have you have you had a difference in success between self publishing and having a publisher? Because you kind of go in both I, in both mm-hmm. circles. Uh, what de- what determines when you're going to do it yourself and what determines when you're going to find a publisher and how do you find a publisher? What's your criteria for that? Um, I always wanted to be more traditionally published because I don't want to be responsible for my own editing. That's just me. So um, the things that I have self-published have been these uh, either really niche short stories like my fairy tale reality ending collection or these reprints where there's it's it's harder to convince a publisher that they're worthwhile because you know once you become a joe lansdale or a rachel kane or a tom clancy or whoever they're gonna people go oh yes this story you wrote 20 years ago yes we will put 20 of those together and put them in a hardbound and make it a collector's item me as a as a as a mostly small press author, that doesn't happen, and so I do it my you know so we do that ourselves. If it's going to be a really hard sell, I'll do it myself. But it's mostly things that have already sold to magazines or online things, and it's a reprint, whether rather than um, the uh, the novels and the the collaborative effort. We had made a, a had a relationship with Yard Dog for years before Redheads came came about. They were my first publisher. They're small. I, I don't mind working with small small presses, but my criteria is um, respectability 
to a certain degree. Yard dog, it's it doesn't have a whole lot of, of distribution, uh, but the editing is great. They are a joy to work with, and even though my royalties are minuscule, because we hand sell almost every single book, and without mm -hmm. conventions, that's hard. Um, they pay royalties on time every time, and that is worth its weight in gold. Um, the time travel, the time travel book is another small press, but it is. I have gotten to know the over the years through conventions. I've gotten to know the the editor publisher of that company, and the people that write for them and I, I like and respect their work and I like and respect them. So it's easier to do that. Um, this last year I got my butt kicked by Joe Lansdale about the fact that I am limiting myself to small presses and I shouldn't do that anymore. And I've got, you know, so the next one will be going to a, uh, hopefully we'll be going to a much bigger publisher. Now I'm looking but here. that is still a that's still a, always a challenge of who's going to be taking what, when, where, how, why. Yeah, I'm looking here. You've got it says here your first solo novel, Tarbox Station. When did that one get mm -hmm. get published? Because I was thinking that you had already done a few solo novels. Was that it? Was nope. I not? Getting no, on? I had done short stories and collections and the collaborative effort. And Tarbox came out. If I rem if my Facebook memories are correct, that was five years ago, and yes, it's way too long without another, you know, good book coming out. Um, it's five years ago. Uh, I have a huge, huge list, but it's all either short stories, anthologies, or uh, the Redheads, which we've been doing the Redheads for twelve years. Has it been that long already? Yes. Wow. 2000 we 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 were all shocked when we looked at the um the the copyright page of redheads because we got curious and we put we put the first redheads out in 2006 wow i'm i'm looking it feel at, like it um i interviewed you at sci-fi mm -hmm. expo in 2013 yeah. I didn't realize it had been that long. And I think right. that was and that was your first, that was when the first one after the first one came out. Uh yeah, that that was and that was one of my first comic cons. And it was basically anybody that came up and said, Hey, do you want to talk do you want to talk about your books? I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> and we, we did some kind of like podcast a couple of years after that, but it's now, been a while. Now do you do you find and I know you talked about you know having having an editor makes things easier uh having marketing people i mean are you are you able to do it all yourself now you've you've gone through it a few times you've done the interviews you've done the podcast this is all old hat now right <laughs> uh, sort of mm -hmm. uh i'm getting a lot better at public speaking these days yes but uh it's it's yeah, it's it. I'm what's considered established, so that's that's always good, and that makes things a whole lot easier. I also grew up in radio, so I actually been doing interviews and stuff for ever, or at least watching them. So it's like you can ask me a yes or no question. I'm going to ramble on anyway because I know better than to do a, a one word answer. Right. 
Now, uh, one of the things that I had noticed in in all of this time where everybody's kind of isolated and socked away from each other, um, there is a proliferation of a lot more on YouTube, a lot more YouTube channels mm -hmm. that are that are starting, uh, especially with the indie creator scene. You you have uh, you know a, a lot of independent writers, independent creators, comic book people, commentators, people who are commenting on the pop mm -hmm. culture. They're starting a bunch of channels now. Have you done? Uh, have you have you appeared on other shows like this one? You know, you have you have the YouTube channel. There's there's other shows. Have you been a guest on very many of those live streams or or anything yet? Not yet. Um, I just did a, a a writer's workshop this last weekend. I'll be you know, doing some virtual uh, writers workshops in the future. I hope. But no, actually, people have not have not asked me to be on their podcasts yet. You're 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 one of the first. Well, hopefully, we won't. You be can left. you can launch me here. <laughs> I do have a very very tiny YouTube channel. Um, this last this last year, I picked up a couple of like pen and pencil subscription boxes, and I'm like, I am going to do very amateurish unboxing videos. I am so bad at it. If you want to see, for for the fact that I was a radio TV film major way back in the day, oh, these are bad. But they're fun. They're fun bad. They're fun bad. Where did you, where did you study? Uh, I was uh, I was at TCU. I did radio TV film way back in the day, before things went digital. Mm -hmm. I I had I had my day. I started in radio in 1988. Uh, ah. Before we had compact discs, even so, yes. yeah, we're still using the carts. And uh, <laughs> uh, in, in t when I when I made the transition over to TV, we were still using three quarters in tape. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> my 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 first job out of college was working for a radio station, and I swear I spent three days with a demagnetizer and crates of carts to demagnetize and erase oh, yeah. so they could reuse them um i've done my i've done my my due diligence in radio to make my father happy no. and now i don't have to do it there's a reason why i write because so I, I didn't want to do radio five videos on your website uh, on your youtube channel we got it pulled up here yep. and uh i see some uh some unboxings we'll yes. have to check these out uh, but yeah, I also notice on the yeah. subscriptions that we're not on your on your list of subscriptions yet. Um, the, that that'll change. change. Yeah. I don't I don't spend a whole lot of time on on YouTube, um, yet. Uh, I'm I'm just now learning the the joys of streaming and the insanity that is streaming. Um, uh, but my nieces who are like. 11 and 9 are they're the, they're going to be the, the YouTube star stars of the future because they've grown up on it. They don't even they don't even I don't think they watch TV anymore. They just watch YouTube videos. Mm -hmm. So um now yeah, I got to I got to change that. In talking with some of the artists that you are yeah. connected with and you collaborate with, has anybody has anyone broached the subject of doing any kind of a comic book or a graphic novel? Because there are over on Indiegogo and Kickstarter, there are a number of crowdfunded projects for 
comic books and graphic novels that are making bank, uh, you know, to the to the tune of of six figures in some in some cases. Have you ever thought about writing a comic book? I have thought about it. It's not a skill that I have yet, but I have looked at it because it's 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 a different type of writing that I have not gone down that rabbit hole. I have thought about it because we've also thought about the fact that, you know, Redheads would lend itself to a, a graphic novel easily. Um, but I would definitely have to be the writer of the story because I can't draw. Not a bit. It's, it's, it's bad. I have no visual, visual art gene at all. I, run I appreciate it. Well, I run, I run across artists who are, you know, they're they're great artists, but they mm -hmm. can't they can't write a lick, or oh, they, yeah. they can write, but it's not quite there, mm -hmm. you know. And and their their strong suit is right is is art. They need to find a good writer. So I, I'm sure that there are some mm -hmm. opportunities for collaborating on that. But oh I, yeah, yeah. And I, think, I, am... I think Redheads would do really well as a as a as a comic book. And I have often said, because I, I, I do enjoy collaborations because it helps keep me accountable, that I am always up for adoption. If there's an artist that wants to adopt a writer, I'm, I'm there. If there's a, a bigger author who has a, a story they want to they wanna do, but they're too far under deadline, I can be the, the little name under the big name. I am, I am up for adoption. I am up for any kind of... of challenge when it comes to, to writing and creative work because that is where my heart lies that's i don't i don't want to say that's an anomaly it seems like but that that's that's very modest of you to be willing to be the little name under the big name is that is that upbringing is that experience of of you know I've done all these short stories I haven't done a whole lot of novels uh, I don't I don't have the right bits and pieces of story craft under my belt yet where where does that that modesty that sense of I'm I'm willing to cooperate and collaborate where does that come from um it well one it comes from the fact that I know I always have things to learn. And if there is somebody that's higher up the ladder than me that wants to, to, to reach down and, and pull up, I am, you know, I, I'll do the barrel of monkeys thing. If somebody wants to pull me up, I'll pull somebody up behind me. Um, there have always been people out to help. So I want to, as much as I want to learn, I also want to give back to the, to the, uh, to the, younger writers, but, um, I just, I don't have, I, I never want to be the person with the giant ego. I've just never wanted to be that person. Um, there's a story that I paraphrase all the time and I can't remember who told it to me and I can't remember who it's about, but it was one of the, the golden age guy writers who was also like a scientist. And he was at a, a professional conference and somebody brought, up, brought him a battered paperback of one of his novels and said, I hate to bother you, sir, but would you, would you sign this for, you know, would you sign this for me? 
And he looked at the book and he looked at the guy and went, you bought it. The least I can do is sign it. And that has always stuck with me as the, I like to tell stories. If people want to buy them, you know, and have me sign them, I'll do that. If somebody wants to tell a story and wants my help telling it, I don't, I don't care where my name falls on that mostly because if it's, if it is a, ends up being a stepping stone for me. Yeah. Right now I'm a, I'm a small press author um, that's been doing this for a while. If getting to the next level or taking another step means being a smaller name under a bigger name, that's what it takes. If it means um, at some point being the bigger name and help, help helping somebody up with a smaller name, equal names, I don't care. It's it's as long as the story is getting told and we're having fun doing it, it doesn't matter to me. And what kind it's of just, go, go ahead? Sorry. No, I don't know where I was going after that. So what, what do you want to say? What kind of research do you do for your world building? I mean, it, you. The the four redheads of the apocalypse, for example. I mean, mm-hmm. you you didn't go to hell and do your research and come back. There there's <laughs> there's certain things that I know you probably are not you're you're going to make it up as you go. But right. for for some of the world building, are you doing a lot of homework or you're just making things up and see where it falls? Um, a little bit of both, depending on what it is. Uh, for the redheads, we do take elements of the, the real world and put it in. There is something that I, I, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about miniature golf courses. And one of the golf course, one of the miniature golf courses they start talking about is one in Palatine, Illinois, which is in the basement of a funeral home. And it is a death themed miniature golf course, nine holes. Heck yes, I googled that sucker. <laughs> Heck yes, it is the one of the few that it is a a scenelet that I have written down that is going in this next redheads book because it's it's a little more serious and it's a little darker and it needed a little funny bit and by golly, having your death character go play miniature golf in a death themed funeral funeral parlor had to happen. <laughs> It had to happen. So it's, it's that it's, um, it's a lot of Google. Um, right now, my day job with, with government is in emergency management. So I have learned a whole bunch of doomsday stuff for lack of better turn. So that is all elements that will be a, a book someday when I'm ready to write a doomsday book, or at least I can make, big disasters feel real um i would imagine you could probably do some kind of a conspiracy book too you know uh, a doomsday doomsday conspiracy uh post-apocalyptic dystopian thing yeah i could mix it all up or yeah but it's i have done a lot of weird random stuff in my day so i have weird random experiences for several years we were vendors at a renaissance fair so i have a little bit of that knowledge i have i have random bits of knowledge and in, in the internet now i can 
can make things happen. And I'm not afraid to ask people questions. If I have a um, way, way back in the day when the internet was shiny and new, I was working with an actor on a script that went absolutely nowhere. And in the middle of this science fiction-y thing, he wanted time travel. So I spent about three months reading the non-math theories of time travel Okay. and was getting to the point that I needed to ask a question and the internet was new. And I reached out to a, a physicist whose book I was reading and I asked the question and he answered me. And then I got to that part of his book and I totally agreed with him. And I realized a couple of years ago that that guy won a Nobel prize. So, um, it's like, oh, oh yeah, Kip Thorne, he's a big deal. I'm not so sure he, he was when I asked him about time travel for a goofy thing that never went anywhere. But you know what? If you go and ask somebody about their specialty, they'll probably tell you. Might be time to, to catch up with him again. Say, hey, how are things going uh, now? That was so long ago. He was, yeah, that was, I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, when uh, when somebody that you sent an email to mumbledy mumbledy years ago, it ends up being like a, a through line or a joke or a mention on the Big Bang Theory. You know, you know, ever so often your brain goes, oh, yeah, I talked to that guy once. That was pretty cool. So, and occasionally I'll, you know, and Half Price Bookstore is fabulous for random research in these days where, you know, if you, if you don't want to, you know, deface library books or something like that, you know, you can get a lot of good research started at Half Price Books and then sell it back when you're done with it or not. Um, these days, if I had to do more in-depth, uh, libraries are now doing electronic books. So right. there's there's something where you can at least get that kind of, of research, at least downloaded to a device, These, which is, you know, if you have to be stuck in a pandemic, this is one of the best times to do it because you've got 8,000 streaming things and the internet and electronic books and, and home delivery for anything you could ever possibly want. It's, it's astonishing how, you know, we have gone through years trying to get people out of their houses. And now it's like, if you're agoraphobic, this is your time, man. Go, you know, well, the funny thing is, is I'm, I've been going through because I work, you know, we've got the we've mm -hmm. got the office we, in, in the basement and, and I don't get out very much as it is because I'm here in the studio and I've got the computers and this mm -hmm. is what I do. And so for me, there hasn't really been that much of a change in my routine. I mean, I, right. I don't get out as much, but I wasn't getting out very much to begin with. And the biggest change really is, you know, my wife is at home now as opposed to going into the office and working. She's working remote. Uh, but it's I'm like, well, OK, yeah, I, I guess things are different. Things have changed for some people. But every now mm -hmm. and again, I come up for air and it doesn't really feel that much different for me. 
so I have to remind myself, yes, the world has changed and people are, are locked in their homes and they don't like this. Um, and then you have every now and then you have those product shortages. I'm hearing down in Texas, you're having a shortage of Dr. Pepper starting. What's yeah. that's, that's just, that's nightmare fuel for me. You know, we've been stocking up. I was like, well, every time we go, let's just go get some, some Dr. Pepper. I saw that on, I think it was on CNN, uh, today or yesterday that there's a Dr. Pepper shortage starting. I was like, oh, I get, I get that. Yeah. That's terrible. I mean, that's worse. That's worse than a toilet paper shortage. Yeah. To uh, some people, it's, it is, it is so weird what becomes a commodity in these, in these uh, weird and unchanging time, weird and always changing times. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's just been, it has been a little weird and different. Um, my husband and I used to talk about how we never wanted to work at the same place at the same time. My parents did that and it almost killed me when I was about eight. But in this pandemic, it has been the same way. He goes in every other week. But that's why we have separate sides of the house now. So we, we, we have lunch together. We occasionally have a go talk to your coworker who's not really your coworker moments. Um, and we have random, we text each other cute pictures of our dogs from across the house when they do something cute. But um, I'm, a, I'm a borderline extrovert. I'm kind of extroverted. It's, it's been hard not connecting with people sure. on a personal level in person. But it's also, I'm also close enough to introvert because I married an introvert that it's like, Oh, wow. I don't have to be around people unless I really, really want to. Um, now, as part of and, the as part of the emergency management and the communication stuff, have there been any discussions, uh, workshops, webinars that go through a discussion of coping mechanisms? You know, how how can you get through being locked in your house for 18,000 um, months, you know, what has any of that ever come up in, in your day yes. job for, for that? What would you suggest to people? Um, well, for the last six months, I've been seeing a therapist and, um, if that's where, where your mind lays, I strongly recommend that our entire organization has been pushing, uh, mental coping mechanisms, uh, our fitness class, our fitness center has been doing online meditation classes and, and, you know, coping strategies. We have our employee assistance program. Um, I have, I actually did, uh, what sit through a, a webinar yesterday on by choice on, um, uh, trauma stressors for communication professionals. It was actually for designed for journalists where, um, because there's a lot of research into post-traumatic stress for like first responders, right? Because they right. see, they see all this horror. What they're starting to realize now that those of us who communicate that, whether it's a public information officer or you know, a communications person or a journalist, they're, they're also affected by secondary or vicarious trauma. And 
if I wanted to do some, there's some professional development that requires a research project that I'm looking at doing. And this has become like my uh, research topic sort of thing that I'm kind of getting all the background research in because they, there's not a whole lot of talk about the, fo the, the secondary folks, the folks that, that are affected by the secondary traumas, but emergency managers and medical workers and social workers and communicators are all part of that group that it's like, oh, we weren't there on the front line. We're fine. No, we're not. None of us are. And whether it's deep breathing or meditation or yoga or therapy or whatever works for you, as long as it's not destructive, like excessive drinking, recreational drug use to an excess. I'm not, you know, right. things that can actually like kill you. Um, you find what works for you. I may have eaten a little too much more, a little more ice cream in the last five months than I might normally have, because that is something that makes me feel better, but I am trying to portion control that. Now, so we has, come out of this. Has this research that you're doing for work, is that something you think eventually once we get out of this might make it into a story or do you try to keep work and writing in their own separate boxes? Um, Story-wise, no, no, it's it all it all bleeds over. Um, but this this probably this research probably won't end up being. Well, it might fictional. I mean, who knows? I I have no idea. Maybe. Um, but what it is is we started um, before the pandemic in the last year. A couple of the fan run conventions that I went to had a cup had panels on mental health and the creatives. So it's, it's something that is becoming a topic in, you know, in the conventions to help because uh, free uh, as freelancers, we all have stress, yeah. 12 kinds of stress. This is going to be worse, but you know, it, it may be more of helping creating a support system for creatives to deal with their, the stresses of their lives rather than, you know, a character in a story, but there could be a character in a story. It's just something that is, you know, it right now it's, it's my bright, shiny thing because I came to grips with, with my own struggles with saying that I'm okay when to, to everybody, but me, no, no, you're really not. Um, now you mentioned uh, before that you haven't done a whole lot as far as the live streams go. We've got mm -hmm. a number of events to doing doing the virtual things, mm -hmm. and you've got uh, events that you're running as part of that. And are you uh, looking for opportunities to do more appearances at virtual cons? Are you doing panels? Are you are you having those discussions? Uh, or are you just kind of wait and see? Let's see what happens. In a, a little bit of it is a wait and see, because honestly. I needed a little bit of a break because we've done, I have been doing six to eight conventions a year. I know other people have done a lot more for the last 15 years. 
So honestly, when these started, you know, I had been worrying that we were losing con some conventions, especially the fan runs slowly over time. And, oh my God, what are we going to do? How do we fill the space? What are we going to do? Da, 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 da. Yeah. Once this pandemic hit and everything started canceling, there was part of my brain that went, oh my gosh, I can take a break. I can rest and not feel guilty and come back at it, come back recharged with more, you know, better able to do this rather than just go, oh, it's convention season again. We got to keep going. We got to, you know, got to get him booked and all of that. Um, I miss him. I do because that's my tribe and those are my people. But I'm also using this time as a rest. Uh, I am totally open to virtual appearances, uh, being on panels. I'm still not exactly sure how virtual panels work beyond like this kind of one or two people. Um, but I know some other people that have done that. Like I said, I, I gave a presentation at a writer's workshop this last weekend. That was really one of, one of my first ones of those. But I do it for work all the time. Um, we teach stuff. It's, it's fun. Um, but I'm always willing to, to talk to people about writing. I'm willing to talk to people about stories. I'm willing to talk to people about just about anything. I think this kind of shows because we've gone all over the place. Um, I talk. Well, I talk, I write. Word. Yeah, that, 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 I think that's what's going to end up on a tombstone someday. Here lies Rhonda. She finally stopped talking and writing <laughs> at the same time. Well, I... Uh... Hopefully that won't happen for a very long time. So, oh, no, knock wood. Yeah. Knock wood. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for talking with us again. And oh, no we problem. appreciate you taking the time. Rhonda U. Daily, the website, RhondaUDaily.com. We'll have that link in the in the show notes, of course. The next book, we'll keep an eye out. And yep. uh, you let us know when it's ready. And we'll take a look at it. And Absolutely. we'll come back and, and talk about it. All right. Thanks, Jason. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Coming up next week, Monday, Matthew John Lawrence will be here to talk about his new movie. He is the writer and director of the horror comedy Uncle Peckerhead. On Tuesday, author David Levine. And on Thursday, we don't have anybody signed up for Wednesday yet. On Thursday, it is, I guess, maybe our first musical episode. Chris Carter... Lolita Ritmanis and Michael McQuiston will be our guests. They are the writing combo who compose music for various different Warner Brothers animation projects, and they are currently working on Young Justice Season 4. They will be here on Thursday. Uh, those of you who have been in the live chat have been very active. Thanks very much for participating. And Mazerus, uh, I'll, I'll tell you my Dr. Pepper story on Monday. So uh, be here for that. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget, next, uh, next up, uh, the Ranker Pit, Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And on Saturday, uh, we've got Good Morning Multiverse at 10 a.m. Eastern. I'm still getting used to saying Eastern time, so it's it's going to be one of those things. Uh, thanks very much for being here, folks. Don't forget, hit the like button on your way out. Feel free to share the link. If you are new to the channel, we do invite you to subscribe, have your notifications active and set to all. That way, maybe YouTube will let you know when we put up new content. The email notification 
function is going away. YouTube made that public this week that they are phasing out email notifications. So you want to make sure that you have your push notifications on so you know when we upload new content. And we've also got a newsletter. You can look that way. And we've got our show schedule at the top, uh, the top banner for uh, this channel as well as a lot of our social media. So that's going to do it for us. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we will be back in this show on Monday. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 